So hello everybody and welcome to uh, the latest edition of the Maltcast. Uh, I'm doing a series of community-focused um, podcasts during this awful crisis that's striking the country, talking to groups and organizations and individuals who are involved in keeping Northwest Hampshire running uh, smoothly while we're all in this uh, lockdown. Now, some of you may know, um, I have a national role as the Minister for Crime and Policing. And so the police force and police officers in particular very close to my heart at the moment. I'm doing a lot of work with them nationally, but in particular today, I'm very pleased to welcome my special guest, Chief Inspector Corey Thorne, who is the uh, um, head guy at Andover Nick, um, doing his best to keep Andover shipshape um, during this crisis and indeed um, uh, in normal times as well. Welcome, Corey. Nice to see you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Pleasure to be here. Great. Now, Corey, you've been um, a part of the Andover scene for some time. Now, how long have you been in Andover? I've been in Andover for the last eight years now, so know the area very well indeed. Okay, but as you move from your old policing job into the new policing job, it must be presenting some challenges. I mean, what everybody is recognising is that policing police officers are doing something very different now during the lockdown than what they were doing before. That's correct. Yes, we have uh, new um, guidelines that we're working to in relation to the government guidance around uh, social distancing and, and trying to uh, work with the, the public and the communities to uh, help them understand what that guidance is. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we don't have to move down the enforcement route. We're very much taking a, a pragmatic approach to it all. Uh, but at the same time, we still are doing traditional police work as well, because uh, unfortunately crime does continue antisocial behavior does as well. So yes, we are in a little bit of a different environment, but business goes on uh, and uh, we're doing our best to uh, meet the changes that uh, have been uh, placed upon everybody uh, across uh, the country. Very good. And when you say that, that crime continues, are you seeing changes in patterns of, of crime in Andover? I mean, presumably, you know, there are a lot fewer people in the town center, so there's a, a bit less there. I mean, I'm guessing if people are at home, then you're less likely to see burglary or those kind of crimes. What changes are you seeing? That's right. Yeah, we have seen a drop off in house burglaries. Uh, we've seen a slight increase in um, uh, rural crime, uh, in particular around um, farms and uh, outbuildings uh, and uh, sheds and so forth. Um, we have seen a very slight increase in domestic crime, so domestic disputes. Um, but more uh, worryingly than that as well is we've seen quite a sharp increase in um, fraud-related activity, internet scams, uh, and fraudsters really trying to take advantage of vulnerable people around the, the current um, problems that we're facing. Yeah, I know we've definitely seen that nationally, that the, because more people are online, quite a lot more e-commerce, you know, card not present type transactions. And I know that colleagues at the National Crime Agency are putting a lot of messaging out online to try and warn people about those kind of internet uh, scams, particularly, I think, elderly and vulnerable people who perhaps aren't as au fait with the internet or are getting used to it, um, they can be taken in quite easily. So it is something we'll need to watch out for um, on a national basis. Now, Corey, when the, um, when the lockdown started um, and we moved into the situation, you and I talked a little bit about the situation at, uh, at some of the supermarkets around Andover. Um, yes. Presumably that's calmed down uh, since the early days. It has indeed, yes. We, we were certainly out last week and uh, noticed that uh, most of the major supermarkets have now put in some really good measures to uh, restrict the number of people going inside, observing the social distancing. 
their opening hours and their um, special opening hours for vulnerable people as well, I think has really done a massive job to improve that shopping experience um, for everybody. And also that the stock levels are remaining constant now within those shops as well. So uh, we are paying attention to all those places and just uh, having a presence now and again, just more or less to reassure people that we're there, they can see us, we can see them, and hopefully they're, they're feeling reassured now that uh, there isn't going to be a problem with the supply chain, there isn't going to be a problem in the supermarkets, and everything now seems to be operating quite smoothly. Yeah, I think there's definitely the sense I'm getting that things have calmed down. Um, I think a lot of people have uh, bought so much food that they ended up having to throw some of it away when it went past its sell-by date, and certainly the old bog roll disputes uh, seem to have disappeared. Um, uh, given that most of that is manufactured, yeah, I mean, amazing. Who knew? Um, although I, the one thing I do notice that's di- disappeared from the shelves is flour. Everybody seems to be turning to home baking at the moment. You can't find plain flour wherever you go. But who knows? They'll all get bored of trying to bake their own bread quite soon, uh, hopefully. Now, one of the key areas I just wanted to talk to you about as well that's been a bit of an issue nationally is this issue of people driving to exercise, uh, people driving to walk the dog. Um, and I didn't know whether you'd had any particular issues around that. Obviously, we've got some beauty spots locally where people generally drive and then go for exercise or walk the dog. And what your approach has been there? Yes, we did see some initial problems in some of the beauty spot locations. Uh, but then again, I think our presence up there, um, we were just basically educating people around the, the guidance. And it is a really difficult one for some people because some may be cooped up within quite uh, urban environments and the only way they can get out is to use the car and all we're saying really is please try and keep that to a minimum uh, apply some common sense if you can uh, and don't go too far from the home address but um, we haven't seen too many issues now again i think more and more people are taking on board the advice that the government has given uh, and we're certainly not seeing any problems with our beauty spot uh, locations now Oh, well, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, one of the things uh, I know about the people of Andover and North West Hampshire is that they are good common sense people who like to cooperate um, uh, when there's a crisis on. And, you know, given the community spirit that's been in Andover, the self-help groups, you know, that, that are springing up actually across the whole constituency, it doesn't surprise me that people are, are helping you out. Now, obviously, one of the things, though, Corey, is we are asking you and the boys and girls under your command to get out there on the front line every day, kind of as normal. How are the troops doing? Um, have you had any cases, isolation? Is morale high? How's it going? Uh, morale is generally good at the moment. Um, our absence rate actually is very low right now, which is really encouraging. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did have uh, quite a few people off with uh, self-isolation, but I think that was because of the, the guidance and advice that was coming out. But certainly now we're in a good position with our resourcing. Um, and uh, our officers are getting out and about. Hopefully people are starting to see them in the community. They've been on foot, they've been on bikes, they've been out in the vehicles. Um, uh, And yeah, generally uh, okay at the moment. So uh, yeah, hopefully uh, as we move forward, that will continue. Great, and the school thing is working out, is it? I know officers, there was key workers were uh, able to deposit their kids still at school. Hopefully that's worked out. So I had quite a lot to do with some of the schools to start with, as you know, um, trying to make sure that they were in a good place. But they're obviously helping to support the effort too. That's correct, yes. And uh, last week I went up and visited a few of the schools in the Andover area, a couple of the primary schools and a couple of the secondary schools, and uh, they're doing okay at the moment. It sounds like they've got good plans in place uh, for however long this, uh, this period will uh, last for so. 
I think at the moment the key workers are, are able to do that quite effectively. And yeah, it's good for our, our teams and every other key worker to ensure that their children can be looked after when they need to be. Well, that all sounds as if you've got everything nicely organized and stable. I mean, obviously, as we go through the next uh, two weeks, because we're going to review the lockdown after three weeks, we're now just about a week in, um, more and more people will get, I get, guess, cabin fever. Um, it'll become more and more difficult for people to resist the temptation uh, to get outside and gather. We're naturally gregarious people. So I guess over the next couple of weeks, you're, you're sort of looking for the continued understanding of the police officer's role. We are indeed, yes. And, uh, you know, we really hope that people can uh, adhere to the guidance that's been published by the government and Public Health England around social distancing, necessary journeys. Uh, and uh, yes, we understand, like everybody, we're, we're having to do the same ourselves more off duty. Uh, and some of our families are, 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 are um, locked away in the homes for long periods as well. So, yes, it is going to be a tricky period. But I think the main thing is if people use common sense, keep the distancing. If they want to go out and exercise, please do so. But uh, do so in the spirit of the guidance. And I'm sure we'll have no problems whatsoever. OK, great. Well, look, it's really good to talk to you. I'm very grateful to you giving me time. I know you're a very busy man. And please do give our best to all the troops. Um, they're doing a fantastic job in extremely difficult circumstances. And I know uh, both in, in, in and around Andover and Tess Valley, but indeed across the country, uh, that police officers are busting a gut to get it right. And notwithstanding the odd headline here and there in the mail, uh, the vast majority of interactions are going really, really well. Um, and we're very grateful to you all. Um, it, it, I guess... Uh, you've got a Twitter feed, have you, Andover? Um, please. We, we, yeah, we've got lots of, we have lots of social media platforms. We've got Andover Police on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Test Valley Cops. Uh, we have the Hampshire Police uh, Facebook page. Um, so, yeah, we have many um, platforms in which people can monitor what we're doing. And we're making a real effort to try and get as much positive information out there about our policing activities so that people know we're out and about. We're there if they need them, uh, and we always will be. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me today. Um, and thank you to the people of Andover and Northwest Hampshire. You're definitely making our job uh, that much easier, and uh, I hope that uh, that will continue as we move forward. Here, here. I uh, heartily agree with that. Well, look, thanks very much indeed. Uh, as usual, listeners, uh, this podcast will be going out on iTunes, Spotify, your usual po podcast platform. Also, you can access it through the Facebook page, uh, at kit.malthouse and the website at kitmalthouse.com. Thanks very much, Corey. See you soon. Thank you very much. Take care.